The world that we live in is filled with chaos. We are all searching for meaning in our lives, but we often get lost along the way. We all must ultimately realize that meaning is found in responsibility for our actions, for the way we live our life, and for the people in our lives. We don't have to stay in the chaos. We can choose to bring order to our lives. Join us for a fresh perspective on the practical steps we can take to become who God intended us to be and to realize what our calling is. This is Coming Out of Chaos. Welcome back to the Coming Out of Chaos podcast. My name is Michael Bocklig. I am your host, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Bryce Kirk. Bryce, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Michael. Always good to be with you in the upper room. Yes, as Bryce said, we are in the upper room at St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in Springdale, Arkansas. And today we have a very, very special guest with us. We have His Grace Bishop Nicholas with us as a guest today for this podcast episode. Bishop Nicholas is the bishop of our diocese, the Diocese of Miami in the Southeast. We're recording this episode on a Sunday evening, and Bishop Nicholas has actually been with us all weekend long here at St. Nicholas Church. Sayedna, thank you so much for being with us today for this episode. My pleasure. It's, uh, it's a very good opportunity to be here and to be on the uh, uh, podcast today. Well, we really appreciate it. Bryce and I have been looking forward to having you on the podcast with us. I should mention that Bryce here was elevated to subdeacon this morning, so congratulations are in order. God grants you many, many years in his service, Bryce. Thank you, Michael. It was an absolute blessing um, to be elevated by his grace this morning. Um, I hope that I'm well-equipped going forward, and um, it's, it, like I said, it's just been an absolute blessing. Yeah, it's been a great weekend, and I can say, Bryce, you have the support of everyone here at St. Nicholas Church, and we're all so happy and grateful uh, to have been a part of that and to witness uh, your elevation to subdeacon. We're planning to do a question and answer here with Bishop Nicholas, and Sayedna, if it's okay with you, I'll start out with the first question. Sure, go ahead. As I mentioned, it's been such a blessing to have you with us this weekend here at St. Nicholas Church, and it's been over two years, hard to believe. It's been two years since your last visit here to our parish, and we've experienced a lot of growth in our parish in those two years. Last year, our attendance actually grew 32% compared to our pre-COVID numbers, would you mind talking a little bit about the growth you have seen in the diocese overall, and also speak to what this means for orthodoxy in America from your point of view, and specifically for the Southeast? It's my pleasure. Basically, in the past two years, because of the pandemic, all of us have suffered quite a bit. Whether we like it or not, whether we know it or not, all of us have received a dose of apathy and uh, we're trying to fight our way out of that. Uh, the silver lining of the pandemic is that it brought more people to all the churches and attendance has been going up. I see over this weekend so many new, new faces and uh, so many catechumen and so many uh, inquirers, which uh, has been very impressive. Uh, this has been going on throughout the diocese. And um, we actually started a new mission last January in Concord, North Carolina. It's Christ the Good Shepherd, and they're growing a great deal. They're less than a year old, 
and there are already over 120 people. Wow, that's amazing. Thank God. Thank God. It's a lot of work for a lot of people, and um, it is culminating in uh, growth in the diocese. Thank God for that. So, Sayedna, you joined us for our men's breakfast yesterday on Saturday, and we had over 30 men in attendance. You talked to us about the time you visited us a few years ago and brought up the Antiochian men for the first time. Our organization has really grown since then. What are your thoughts about what Amen has accomplished thus far? I think Amen has accomplished quite a bit. As I've uh, been saying for uh, many years, for the past four years, that have been here at Domsey, the Diocese of Miami in the Southeast, that the women have been organized for decades. They have been fruitful in the Archdiocese and the Diocese. The men have not been organized. So that, that was one of the reasons why we started our men at the Diocese level. And uh, uh, it has come a long, long way. Every parish in the Diocese has an Amen group. Uh, they work hard to accomplish the top goal that I set for Amen. The top goal is to become godlike. And to become godlike is to acquire the virtues uh, that uh, the church has been talking about for 2,000 years. In addition to that, on the way to accomplishing uh, and acquiring these virtues, there are events that take place at different parishes. And uh, that has been also very impressive. Um, some parishes have sent me pictures. They're painting um, the house of a widow. Uh, other people are building um, a ramp for a uh, person who cannot walk, who is uh, wheel wheelchair bound, and so on. Um, Amen has come a long way. We are well organized. We have uh, many media um, outlets that we use in order to advertise our men. Some of them are banned, YouTube, the Antiochianmen.org, um, and so on. Yes, Edna, and you mentioned the use of media. And, you know, you founded the Antiochian Men in Our Diocese. You said you wanted to use technology in good ways for ministry in the church. That was one of the first things I remember you talking about. And you also said that technology can be a very useful tool for ministry, but it has also brought about challenges. And you've described this as an unprecedented challenge in the history of the church. What is your message to the men out there who may be struggling with all the distractions and the temptations that are so accelerated through our use of technology, which is something that we all, it seems like, have to do these days? Yeah, I am, I am a technologist, and I am pro-technology, but a side effect of technology is bad. And you have access, anybody has access to anything from the privacy of their home. And that leaves it open to abuse. To abuse meaning using it the wrong way and harming ourselves. In that sense, it is an unprecedented challenge to the church. Prior to technology, prior to 1990s, early 1990s, there was no internet. I remember as being a, an engineer, um, when the internet was introduced to our company, uh, that was something amazing. There was no browser back then. Right. 
There was no browser, so uh, it had to be done through typing a lot of text to get something small. Now we don't have to do that. Uh, we have graphical browsers. We can get anything we want. And we can even uh, do that very discreetly. Nobody would know about it. That's the type of challenge that we need to head off and uh, inform our Antiochian men and Antiochian women and everybody that this side effect can cause addiction to many, many things. That's what we want to minimize, if not stop. Thank you, Grace. You have shared with us that before you became a priest and a bishop that you had a job in corporate America as an engineer. Your story is a very inspiring one, and it seems that your experiences have given you tremendous insight into what men today are facing in our culture. So my question is this, what advice would you have to men who are becoming more and more confused and lost in the secular culture that surrounds them? The first advice I give them is that every Orthodox Christian must have a spiritual father. By the, by the word must, I don't mean someone is going to come to you and beat you up over the head and say, <laughs> you have to have a spiritual father. Must means it behooves you to have a spiritual father because it helps you. That's what I mean by must. So every Orthodox Christian must have a spiritual father to guide him or guide her on the right way. Sometimes we don't know we are on the wrong way. We don't know that we're straying away. And we need an objective voice on the outside to guide us. Absolutely. That's such good advice. And Siedna, we're very blessed to have such an active diocese and to have these organizations like the Antiochian men to support us as we're going through our journey spiritually in our lives. We had a very successful fall retreat last October, a spiritual retreat that I feel went very well. And we have a winter retreat scheduled for the end of February here, 2022. Would you talk a little bit about the success of the 2021 fall retreat and also share why, from your perspective, it's so important for people to attend spiritual retreats in our diocese, if at all possible? Absolutely. We planned the fall retreat for September, as usual. But the Delta surge caused us to postpone it, reschedule it to October. And uh, we were hoping that the Delta path would uh, follow what happened in the UK. Uh, for a month, there was a surge of Delta, and then it, uh, it died precipitously. And that's exactly what happened here in the US. That's why we were able to hold the fall retreat. And we actually broke the number, the, the uh, uh, maximum number that we've had in the past. We had 247 people participate in person. We had wonderful speakers. Uh, the theme for the uh, retreat was healing. And we had several therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists give talks that helped many, many people. And um, we're hoping to repeat the same thing for the winter retreat. Uh, it's a different theme, but um, 
We will have capable speakers. Um, the, the winter retreat will be at the end of February. It was postponed, rescheduled from the end of January because of the Omicron uh, variant. And it will be preceded by the clergy retreat. All the clergy of the diocese will come and have a clergy retreat. We have two very capable speakers. Uh, I won't say their names because uh, I will need to contact them and uh, uh, <laughs> ask them to yeah. uh, to be the speakers. Of course. So winter camp for our teens in Domsey is also just around the corner. Some of the men who listen to this podcast in our diocese may have children that haven't attended winter camp before or gone to Camp St. Thecla in the summer. Can you share what the children experience when they go to camp and why it is so important that they participate? Camp is a um, life-altering experience. How is that? Well, campers come to camp, have fun, and while they're having fun, we slip in God. We slip in Christian education. We slip in um, Ask Sayyidna sessions. We slip in confessions. And of course, they have to choose to do these activities. And uh, at the end of camp, they would have had fun so much that they can't wait for the next camp to start. And, and camp, winter camp this year is going to be the weekend before the winter retreat. Um, it's President Day weekend, which is every, the same every year. Um, we have good registration for it. And um, God willing, it will uh, work out very, very well. We have a capable speaker. Uh, for that uh, winter camp, and as the teens call it, WAMP, winter camp, they uh, they uh, uh, contract it together and call it WAMP. We have Father David Wynn, the pastor of All Saints uh, Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, who accepted already to be the speaker to the campers. That's wonderful, Sayedna, and I can tell you from experience that being at camp was very transformative to me in my childhood. I went to a Orthodox camp in California, and I have great memories. And also the Antiochian village when I was even younger. Uh, we're very blessed to have Camp St. Thecla in our diocese. And and I, I really hope that the men, especially listening to this podcast, if they have children, will consider uh, sending their kids to camp, especially if they haven't done it before. Those bonds that they form at the camp, I think, are so important. And it mirrors what happens at these retreats that we've been talking about. The fellowship, the meeting people, you know, other people who are Orthodox Christians from another state. It makes us feel that we're not alone. It makes us feel that there's other people that have the same faith and maybe more than we thought. Uh, and, and that's such an important part of all of these things that we've been talking about. Our next Parish Life Conference is coming up also, and that will be in Memphis, Tennessee, and it's scheduled to be in June 2022. We actually haven't had an in-person Parish Life Conference in a couple of years now due to the pandemic. Can you explain how a Parish Life Conference differs from spiritual retreats and what we can look forward to experiencing in Memphis, Tennessee this summer? Well, the Parish Life Conference has changed in the past four years. Prior to that, it had been full of business meetings, and people have expressed with their feet that that's not what they want, so they didn't go to those PLCs. 
four years ago, um, we changed all of that. The PLC is a spiritual retreat now. Uh, it does include some uh, business meetings for all organizations, but it is a spiritual retreat. It is a fellowship retreat. It is a chance for more people to connect with each other and more people to see each other again and again. And um, many of the times, the audience for the fall retreat is different from the audience for the winter retreat and different from the audience for the PLC, which means we are reaching more people by having all of these events. And that is wonderful. Not everybody is going to be able to go to all of them at the same time. Um, yes, it does get expensive. Um, and if it does, you can pick one or two events um, and go to those events. Yeah, in fact, my first Domsey event was the 2019 PLC in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I can tell you from experience, it was well worth the trip. It was well worth the money. So I hope any of you listening to this going forward, take a shot and you go to one event. So Sayedna, we have also had a lot of virtual events in our diocese. Some of our retreats and parish life conferences had to go virtual in our diocese during the pandemic. But it is nice to see that in-person events are starting to happen again. There are many people who still benefit greatly from the virtual events in our diocese. How do you think we will balance virtual and in-person events in our diocese going forward? That's an excellent question. I think... Uh, we need to, um, act, we need to set as a priority to get people back to the in-person retreats. Um, we need to get them going um, and getting out of their um, comfort, new comfort zone of being at home and staying at home. Uh, we have to be more active. We have to uh, go to, to those retreats. Uh, the balance of that is we have Lenten retreats that are virtual. Um, like this Lenten retreat, every organization is planning a Lenten retreat virtually, except for the young adults. The young adults are planning it to be in person in um, Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, all of these events are on the diocesan calendar if you go to domse.org, D-O-M-S-E, .org, Diocese of Miami in the Southeast, .org. Uh, short is downsea.org. Everything is there, and uh, it points to other websites, like the Antiochian uh, Men website, um, like Band, like um, Instagram, and so on. Your Grace, you just mentioned the Domsey website, and that's something that didn't exist a couple of years ago. It's something that's relatively new. Something also that's new is the newsletter, The Light, that has been sent out now monthly for the last few months, maybe a little bit more. I was wondering if you would just share how that newsletter came about and what kind of things people can find in that newsletter, which I also believe is available on domsey.org. Absolutely. We thought about... Um, having a monthly newsletter to inform the diocese about what is happening in the diocese. Um, this happened through a suggestion by uh, Shamasa Shelkheim. And I had, when I was a priest, I had a uh, newsletter, a monthly newsletter, and it was called The Light, which is the light of Christ. So we combined those ideas and uh, we started at the beginning of October last year, 2021, to have the newsletter. 
and it has been going out every every month on the first of the month. It gives new um, uh, news to everybody, so everybody is informed. We feature a parish and the clergy of the parish. We feature a mission and the clergy of the mission. We feature an organization uh, of Damsi. This way, everybody is informed. It is sent by email to uh, the, the email list that we have in Damsi. And uh, the email uh, says, here's the link, go to damsi.org and read the newsletter. Um, and there's an archive. So if you missed a, um, a newsletter, um, for example, October 1st, 2021, you can go to the website, look at the uh, menu item newsletter, and uh, go there and you'll see a list of all the newsletters so far. So say, and over the course of the last year or so, we've been working on movies within the diocese as well. The first one was a documentary on the history of the diocese, and the second was the beginning of a series on journeys, focusing on individuals within the, uh, the diocese as well. So my question is this, are we going to plan on continuing going forward with some movies, or do we have other ideas as well as what to do with them? Absolutely, we will continue them. Um, movies are um, very, a very attractive way to inform people. The first movie we had, Blessed and Inheritance, talks about the inception of Domsey, the Diocese of Miami in the Southeast, within the Archdiocese, uh, Antiochian Archdiocese, that is. And uh, it talks about how we progressed, especially the last four years, or actually the, the previous three years since it was produced last year, the Blessed and Inheritance uh, movie. The next one, we started a series, which is called Journeys. We interview people and talk to talk about their journeys to orthodoxy. And we had uh, Shamasi Mirna Martin of uh, St. Ignatius Church in Franklin, Tennessee, Tennessee feature the first um, uh, session of those uh, journeys, the first journey. We will continue that. Uh, we have... Uh, uh, more people who uh, have volunteered to tell us about their journey, and uh, we ask for more people to do that. Uh, we have worked on a also a, uh, a short movie to advertise the Order of St. Ignatius and to um, ask more people of Domsey, it is specific for Domsey, uh, to... Uh, come forward and be inducted into the Order of St. Ignatius. And of course, everybody knows the Order of St. Ignatius is an archdiocesan order, and we participate in it as a diocese because also we reap a lot of fruits out of it. it the Order of St. Ignatius pays for a lot of things, a lot of activities within our archdiocese and within our diocese. So we had uh, produced a, a short movie to encourage people to participate in the Order of St. Ignatius within Domsey. Thank you, Your Grace. That's really helpful information. It's really wonderful to see so many exciting things happening in our diocese, even movies. I've heard you joke that we're becoming 
or we have a Domsey Wood with these new movies, which I thought was a great, uh, a great way of describing it. Uh, the The last topic that I was hoping to talk about with you is the pandemic has been really hard for everyone. I think everyone listening to this has been affected, of course, by it, but also it's it's gotten a lot of people down and it's hit men very hard. And Bryce and I have talked about how before the pandemic, men already felt isolated and lonely and disconnected from each other. And it's only been exacerbated by COVID. And there's a lot of men that are probably listening right now that are eager to get back to normal. And maybe their Antiochian men chapter was started and it fizzled out or it had to be put on hold. And they may be wanting to get things started again. They may want to start moving forward and doing the things that they used to do that they miss doing in the church and and not just attending services, but serving the church, serving their neighbor within their parish communities. What words of encouragement would you have for these men that are so desperate to get back to normal and also looking for motivation to get things headed back on that right track again? You bring up a very important point. The pandemic has caused all of us to be languishing. By the way, this is a new term that I read in the uh, New York Times uh, by a psychologist. He said, we are all languishing, suffering from the pandemic. And we have no motivation to do anything. We feel blah, basically. Um, I will get to it later. Um, I feel apathy. I am lethargic. I can't do this. I'm waiting for the motivation. Well, it's not going to happen on its own. We have to start doing things in order to get the motivation, not the other way around, to get the motivation in order to do things. And to start any activity, it is always very difficult, and then it gets easier. Imagine you're pushing a car. Just to get the car moving, it takes so much effort. But then once it starts moving, the effort can stabilize. Um, We can uh, capitalize on the momentum of the car starting to move. This happens in every activity. Just because we are human beings, we need to start. No matter what, even if I don't feel like it, even if I don't want to do it, just I force myself for the first few minutes, and then it becomes easier. Maybe some people might need more than a few minutes. They might need an hour. They might need a day or more. But the idea is, once we start moving, the motivation will come. Once we produce something, the motivation will come. And I ask everyone to try this out. Do not wait for motivation to come first in order to do things. Thank you so much, Sayedna. Those are very encouraging words. I hope that those listening do take that to heart, and uh, I can tell you that personally, your words of encouragement have done wonders for myself, and we really appreciate you being here with us. 
with our parish this weekend, but also to do this podcast, to spend 30 minutes or so in this question and answer session. And we, we really appreciate your time. So thank you for being with us and thank you for doing this podcast episode with Bryce and myself. My pleasure. It's been a wonderful weekend and it's uh, being capped by uh, and crowned by this uh, podcast. <laughs> Well, that's our show for today. Thank you for joining us for this special episode of Coming Out of Chaos. Please remember to check out our website at antiochianmen.org to learn more about our organization. We also have many videos available that can be found on that website, as well as on our Amen YouTube channel. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on any of the major podcasting platforms. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We would also appreciate a positive review if the platform allows you to do so. Please share this podcast with your friends and help us to spread the word about it. If anyone would like to send us any feedback, just send an email to amendomse at gmail.com. That's A-M-E-N-D-O-M-S-E at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you if you have any questions or comments for us. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.